Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Pitch your free throws because they are free. Josh Fisher, Alexander, Tosapos, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. We are here. Gentlemen, trade deadline is coming past, and no team did better than your team. Nikki, Snacks, Kreider. The Padres acquired not only Juan Soto and arguably the biggest deal in any sports trade deadline history. They also got Josh Bell, who is a premium rental. They made a crazy move trading a couple pitchers, including closer Taylor Rogers for Josh Hader to the Brewers, which was a mistake by the Brewers. And they brought in Brandon Jury, who in his first at-bat as a Padre joined the uh, infamous uh, Slam Diego Club. First pitch. First pitch. How surreal was that for you last night? It was awesome. Uh, the stadium is rocking. It was the first inning, and not a single seat was empty in the first inning. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I mean, it's just... I was reading a um, a tweet just a minute ago. Bud Black was the opposing manager for Colorado. When he was manager with the Padres in 2010, his payroll was $37 million. He looks across the dugout last night, and it was $237 million. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's all circumstantial, like you said earlier, Josh, but it's just a new era of Padres baseball. Peter Seiler's deciding to spend money. AJ Pearl is going out and getting these guys. The time is now. They moved all their chips in. They're ready to win. The hater deal kind of just set set the tone right off the bat, right? Getting rid of Taylor Rogers, who was struggling, to Nelson Lamette, who's been a project for a while, a couple of prospects, Ruiz and Gasser. And then now, of course, Soto and Bell and Drury. And so there's not really a ton of holes in the lineup now. And Everyone here is excited to play, and you could see the the motivation that the team is playing with. I mean, the night that they traded for Soto, they popped off for 13 runs, and they're on a five-game win streak right now and six-game win streak right now, and I just think that they're a force to be reckoned with in any team that's going to have to face them in the playoffs. Is, well, not uh, to, yeah, not to put you on blast, but I said that they were the best lineup in baseball, I felt. I really genuinely feel that way with Fernando Tatis in the lineup. Because you'll probably lead Profar, Cronenworth off, go FTJ at two, Soto at three, Machado at four, Bell at five, Drury at six. And with the way Drury's hitting, like Grisham's going to pop off, and whoever you don't hit first, you'll hit seventh. Alfaro's solid. Noah's like a, like a really good backup catcher. Like As far as catchers go, there's not many great catchers out there. Like, yeah, they were in the mix for Contreras, but... Alfaro's been great for us. I mean, with the amount of games that he's been able to play, he's had a couple of walk-offs. He brings a lot of energy to the team. He's got a great flow. Mm-hmm. He's got a good relationship with the team. Hits for power. Nola's been kind of the weak link there, so that's why I think the Contreras trade was being speaking about. But it kind of sucks because you look at the old trade for Nola, and they gave up Ty France, who honestly was just ripping the cover off the ball the last couple of All-star. weeks. All-star. Yeah, he's an all-star. Um, so it is kind of hard to see Nola on the team, but at the same time, that's probably like the, the weakest link. Yeah. So 55 games left for the pods. Yeah. 11 and a half games back 
from winning the division they're right not now. Win the division. Do they? Do they need to for you? Or no. do you? You don't care about that now. No. Just get in the playoffs. There's three three wild card teams this year. Let's not be the last wild card team, but let's let's get in the playoffs and handle business there. The, I mean, they're not going to catch the Dodgers. The issue, the only issue you run into is the three best teams in the NL or four best teams in the NL. Say, you guys, the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Braves. As it stands right now, the Mets and the Dodgers would have buys. Y'all would play the Braves, and then the Cardinals and Brewers, I believe, would play each other as it stands right now. Whoever wins the division's home field. But the Phillies are right there. The Phillies had a really good deadline, I felt, to getting Syndergaard, who can be their 3-4 starter. Um, Brandon Marsh is a good guy to throw in center. I thought that was a sneaky pickup. And then Robertson. And get, yeah, the, the Brewers would play the Phillies right now. Oh, the Brewers get, would play the Phillies right now. Yeah, They'll probably get Bryce Harper back, too. Yeah, they're going to get Bryce Harper back at some point. Um, yeah, the Cardinals... People felt they didn't do enough. I thought that Montgomery and Quintana well, they deals, they tried. Like, yeah, they, they yeah they tried for the Soto, which they had the pieces to do it, clearly. They just weren't trigger-happy enough. And quite frankly, like someone said to me on the phone the other day, the other day they're like, I'm surprised that the Nats did the Padres deal with Soto and Bell. I feel like they could have gotten Soto and traded Bell to maybe the Astros. Well, they missed the boat there because yeah, the Astros Mancini. got Mancini. And there wasn't a ton of suitors for Bell. There just no. wasn't a ton of need, honestly. No. I mean, uh, you could you could maybe say the Brewers, but I, mean, I think they always try to stand pat for the most part. And, yeah, the Yankees – or not the Yankees, sorry. Yeah, the um, the Astros. And they went and got Mancini. I mean, for a cheaper price. I guess the Red Sox could have, but they're not, really a, they're not really a contender. You know, they needed a first baseman, but, like, they got Eric Hosmer. They don't know what they're doing, the Red Sox. They go get Tommy Pham, which is an interesting play. I mean, I think a lot of teams, what they'll do is, like, the the, the Braves last year, like, I mean, not us, because Schwarber was good, but they'll go and get these outfielders who are boom or bust. Like, the Braves went and got Robbie Grossman, which is completely, like, under the radar compared to every other move made, but... They are airing on the side of like last year's magic, where they can get the most out of him. And I thought the Odorizzi trade was good for the Braves. I like that. And a team like the Braves, and honestly, even a team like the Padres, Dodgers, Yankees—all these contending teams that are ready to win, that have real playoff aspirations here—it's not like they need to make a huge splash because their teams are already already contenders. Yeah. So there's no sexy moves that need to be made. Although the Padres did do it, but. It's more of a needs basis, right? Filling those little holes, filling those those you know extra bats in the lineup, or those guys that can go spell other guys on days off. You know, Grossman's a great addition for them to just get in the lineup and contribute as much as he can. He doesn't have to be a superstar there. I mean, they've got superstars. They've got Austin Riley. They've got Acuna. I mean, yeah. Hopefully, they get Albies back soon. Well, Acuna's been he's not been up to snuff. I mean, Olsen's actually been really great. Yeah, but I mean Acuna's got he's he's got the stuff. He's got the stuff, but it's not he's not put it it's been in spurts. Like in some in some spurts he's been electric and in some spurts he's been in lulls. Riley, who I don't know what kind of negotiation negotiating powers they have over in Atlanta. A ten year two hundred and twelve million dollar deal kinda seems like a snipe for this guy. It kinda seems like they underpaid him. Mm. Ten years two two twelve? Where, for both of y'all, where is he? We're talking about position players. Is he in the top 10? No. Hitters? Uh, hitters, 
Yeah. He can win the MVP. He's second in the MVP right now. No question in the NL. And he could be first. He could catch Goldschmidt if they miss the playoffs. Maybe right this second. But I think if you're looking over the course of the last couple of years, I don't know if he's... Last two, last two years. Last he's two been years. unbelievable. He's been great. He's, he's been just great. not a sexy name. He's better than Okuni right now. There's no. He just is. He's a better baseball player than Okuni is right now. Do you think some of it was sh- like shaded by the fact that they had Freddie Freeman last year? Shaded by the fact they had Freddie Freeman. Shaded by the... F- you know what it, some of it is? Is Some of it's like a... Because you're saying the last couple of years, he was supposed to be great, came up, and wasn't. And then last year he came on. And like okay, and then you're in the position as a, from as a baseball per, as a baseball analyst and a, as a baseball fan, just looking at it from their perspective, is this a fluke, or is he actually becoming what he was supposed to be? Right. Well, because we've seen guys that have crazy seasons and then fall off. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at Cody Bellinger. Yeah. Christian Yelich. So. Yeah, I, mean, I think Yelich is more injury, because he's not been bad this year. He's got like 15 steals. He's hitting like he's his OBP is like 360. Where Bellinger is completely lost out there, and then you have guys like Dallas Keuchel and Rick Porcello, who win Cy Youngs, and Keuchel can't stay on a roster. Porcello is nowhere to be found. Yeah, I mean, be- baseball has always been it's a game of like adjustment runs, and you get hot. You have 40 games where you're on, and then you have 30 games where you're off. And I feel like for Bellinger, like. Before that MVP season, we saw that streakiness even more compared to other players in the league. And I guess he just got hot for an entire season, basically. Like, everything was working. He had just made the adjustment to the swing, and then it worked. And now it's not. Now it's not working. I think they're going to flop, by the way. I don't think they're going to win the NL. The Dodgers. There's something, there's just something that's not right for me. You have bets. You have... You have Betts, you have Turner, you have Freeman, and you have Will Smith. And after that, to me, the roster has a bit of... The lineup has a bit of a drop-off. Where we discuss that Padres lineup, and it goes from Cronenworth, all-star. Let's say it's... Let's just say it's Soto at the two. The top five player in the league. It is Soto at the two right now. Tatis, Machado, two top 10, 15 guys. Bell, Drury. Bell, Drury, and like Profar, who's been great. Profar's been better than Bellinger and better than Turner and Muncie. And Gallo, who they've just acquired, and they'll run like three or four guys in the lineup, the Dodgers, and not care and go on a whim, who aren't really producing that much, yeah. just with their big names. They also have random guys that come into the lineup and just show out, like the Outman guy that went like three for four in his debut. Yeah, we'll I see mean, what like, happens. Even if I mean, there's been like Matt Beattie in the past. You know, I mean, there's guys that for some reason aren't anything special that just go off with the Dodgers. And maybe it's because their lineup is so scary that those guys get better pitches, better pitches, right? They yeah, just sure. get strikes down the middle. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Cause Muncie's been trash. Justin Turner hasn't been that great. Cody Bellinger has been awful. So there's definitely holes for me. Like, are we really thinking that like the, is Gonzalez a fluke? You know, like, this is his first good year. Tyler Anderson? Yeah, I mean, like, they've got Walker, but... He's coming back. Yeah. But Kershaw's been great in there, so there he is. I I, I think our rotation's better. The Mets' rotation's definitely better. I mean, the Mets' rotation is absurd. The Mets, one through four? I, I, I had a debate. I was... Another debate, and I was saying that I think the Mets have lost the Lindor trade. That's been, like, the debate I've been having all year. Because Andres Jimenez has been unbelievable, and so is Ahmed Rosario. Both middle infielders for the for the for the Guardians have been awesome. 
And those were the big returns in the Lindor deal. Now, forgetting that the Mets also got Carrasco, who's been a great number four starter. Taiwan Walker, a guy who's been streaky in the past, was an all-star last year and a terrible second half last year, and then has been great this year. And then DeGrom, in perfect DeGrom fashion, comes, pitches unbelievably. They can't score any runs. It's insane. Like The guy gets in the mound, and the, the lineup goes cold. The third pitch was like 102. Yeah, he's like the every his the the just saw a graphic like the average fastball is like 93.4 maybe or 93.5, and his slider and his return was like 92.6. Like, it's the guy just has such a whip. But if you go him and Scherzer, it's the best. But you guys, if every if everything's working and clicking, you have Musgrove who's probably going to go game one. If it's in San Diego, yeah, especially yeah, sure. Darvish game two, and then you have Snell game three, and you can't really Clevenger. Clevenger, I'm curious to see how y'all use him now. He's been great. He'll probably be your four starter. He has been really good these last few weeks. He's an excellent pitcher. I mean, you and I have always he loved hasn't him. had a ton of starts since yeah. his his injury, but he looks like the old Clevenger right now. He's really good. I, the Yankees to me, like Garrett Cole's been getting blo- got blown up the other night. I, he just doesn't scare me like DeGrom or Scherzer or Verlander, quite frankly. Like the Astros have the – I think the Astros have the best, the deepest rotation. For sure. Just because – no, and no one gives like the – no one gives these guys like any love. Like Garcia or Quiddy, Valdez. No who's one like, wants to give them love because they're on the Astros. Yeah, everyone still hates them. Yeah. I, I really think they're going to win the World Series though. Really? Yeah. They just got Mancini. They just got Vasquez, who's a top 10 catcher. He's good defensively. He can hit. That was a weird situation, too. Vasquez getting traded from the Red Sox. Mid-game. On, on, like not Yeah, like <sighs> mid-batting practice in Houston, finding out from the press. Heim Bloom is, he's, I look, the Sox have a couple prospects in the top five, top five first baseman prospect, top five shortstop, top five second baseman, but they're prospects. We have to see how all these things pan out. And he's treating, and John Henry's treating this team like they're the Rays. Like, how do you not pay Bogerts? How is this still up in the year? How do you not pay? Have you not locked up Devers yet? How do you not trade JD Martinez? Or do that? Either you pay these guys, Bogerts, who's going to be a free agent, JD, trade him. or you, or you trade that guy him. off the books because those yeah. guys could also come back next season. Hundred percent. Like, what could you have gotten for Bogerts? They could have gotten a, a decent amount. Handsome deal, Brewers. Cardinals hit them up. You could have gotten something for Bogerts. I mean, I don't know what the Red Sox were doing. I don't really don't know what the Brewers were doing, quite frankly. I thought they missed the boat. People were saying the Mets missed the boat, but the Mets got DeGrom back. They got Vogelbach. They got Naquin. They got Darren Ruff. They got just guys who could they could plug and play into their lineup, and they added some depth that's on the bench. That's what I was saying earlier. Like, that's a team that just kind of filled cert, like, like little small specific needs here and there. Yeah. They, they, the fans are like... Contreras and Robertson. It would have been nice to go and get those guys, but like you don't want to. They like they felt that they have a competitive team, and they didn't need to give up their prospects because you know what happens. What if somebody else becomes available? Mm-hmm. What if you're in a position like what if Rafi Devers becomes available, and you're the New York Mets? True, he'd fit well there. Yeah. Also, you don't need to be giving up your pro. They could be calling up Francisco Alvarez, who's the number one prospect in baseball. He's a catcher for the Mets. They could call him up. Be in a position there, yeah. I mean, like, I hate to say Rafi Devers becomes available, but I made a list actually of like top young players I think could be dealt. I don't know if that I, just, I don't know if I sent this to y'all. 
top. Was it before like, Soto? After yesterday, oh. I was chilling. I made a list of like five or six young guys. I feel like could be You're dog. A big list guy. I'm a huge list guy. So who is number one? Okay, young superstars well, who we could see being traded Otani. in the next three years. This is number one. Otani. This is not just baseball. Oh, so this is interesting, right? So this is NFL, NBA, and MLB. I put six guys down. I, feel I like think guys that, don't get traded like young stars don't get traded in the NFL that often, except for one position, wide receiver. Yes. Yeah. There's one wide receiver who I could see being dealt in the next three years. Justin Jefferson. Boom. It's a good call. It's a good enough call that we were all kind of in the same realm there. And any given analyst, any given person that follows the NFL will say that that guy's a top wide, five wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. And, and I think they have, a, they have a fair argument. The Vikings fans would be so pissed off because they literally did the same thing with Stephon Diggs. Yeah, they couldn't capitalize it because they don't. They draft mediocrely, to be honest. But like, they don't have. Right, but they, how many times are you gonna hit on that draft pick again? Right, like right. They traded Stephon Diggs. They were pissed, but then they got Jefferson, so it was fine. Right, because it was it was a great replacement. They hit exactly, but the thing maybe a better replacement, like which is a crazy thing to say. He's, he's better. better. He's better than Diggs. He's a better receiver than Diggs. Like Chase is better than more Diggs, complete, too. in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I like, just he's still on two years, so. Hmm. I just think that, like, I just don't think he's a Minnesota guy. I think he's... Is anyone a Minnesota guy? Exactly. I don't think anyone's really a Minnesota Kirk guy. Kirk Cousins is a Minnesota guy. I just deal in. I just don't think he's like a... That's Chris Pratt, maybe. Is that... <laughs> Case Keenum was really a Minnesota guy. But does that make... Is that a weird... Like, if there's no anal, there's no analysis behind it. There's no stats behind it. There's just, like, a vibe. And his vibe is not... I mean, what not... the hell is you? Of course he's not a Minnesota guy. He belongs on the Saints. Jared Allen was a Minnesota guy. Yeah, I the handlebar yeah. mustache. I I feel like this is in the front, party in the back. I feel yeah. like he, yeah, I feel like he, he's a Chargers guy. I, I don't mean, want to start throwing all this smoke out there. Down he's on. not going to go to the Chargers, in my opinion. I but mean, if, if if Keenan Allen, I mean, we have to get rid of Keenan Allen. This well, is three years next to your window. What happens with what happens if the Chiefs regress slightly this year solely because they don't have? Enough wide receiver talent. You're, you're, do they do they go make a move to bring another true wide receiver one? Obviously, they have Travis Kelsey, who is a wide receiver one and a tight end one. But you want to give Patrick Mahomes as many weapons as possible, and yeah, you're in contention sure to win every single year. Like this isn't a they they have to see what the Packers are doing, and I don't expect the Packers to win this year. I think they'll I think they're a contender for sure. But having Devontae Adams and then losing him is, is a big deal, even if you have Aaron Rodgers, who might be a top three quarterback of all time. We have to talk about that next segment. There's a lot of weird I things. I think the Chiefs should go segment. after OBJ. This year, I'm saying like down the road. Like, yeah, we're talking the next three years. I, so you're saying that they could be in a play for Justin Jefferson if he were to become, if he was the next guy to become available? I I, anyone could be in play for him. Yeah, yeah everyone has to be. Yeah. Who are but, your other guys, though? Okay, yeah, my other guys on the list. Justin Jefferson won. This is kind of a cop-out because he's going to be traded in the NBA. Kevin Durant. One of the young guys. Zion Williamson. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. He's uh, two? Well, he's going to be traded. He's two. It's a cop-out. He's going to be traded. That's... I told you it was this a cop-out. Shohei Otani was on the trading This block. is most likely to be traded. Most likely to be traded. I said Otani's three. Devers aforementioned four. Okay. Number five. We have a minute left here before we have to go to the break for the next second. But number five is a quarterback in the NFL. It's a scorcher of a take. Kyler? No. It's a good guess, though. 
Is, I mean, are we talking good players? Yeah, is it val- yeah. Um, how young is young? Burrow. He's in his second year right now. Burrow. No. <laughs> Mac oh, Jones. Lawrence. Lawrence. I could see things going south in Jacksonville. Him being like, I thought you were like looking for way more of a hot of a take. That's like you don't think I think it's a scorcher. And my number six take is also pretty hot. I just again, it's a vibe thing. And again, he's a young superstar. And if they don't put the team around him that I that I think they could, I I could see Lamelo Ball's time in Charlotte being somewhat truncated. While we're on Otani, really quickly, and we have like a couple seconds left, but Heath Bell of Ring the Bell Pod talk with Nick Kreider told Nick Kreider yesterday (laughs) that. Uh, he has friends in the Angels organization, and that they said that they're looking to move Otani in the off season. Yeah, no, they're a, a bum organization. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Sopolis, and that guy Nick Kreider will be back in just a hot sec. Don't go anywhere. We're back, baby. It's a charity show. I put you for either because they all free. Josh Fisher, Alexander Sopolis, Nikki Snacks, Kreider. We are sitting around the board, sharing funny Aaron Rodgers stories. Uh, Toss, you want to you want to go first with something that just resurfaced that you were laughing at. Yeah, so I think it was it was a while ago when after Devontae Adams had been traded to the Raiders um, when he had first started, you know, working out with Derek Carr, that the media asked him like, "Are you excited about playing with Derek?" And of course, you know, they went to college together, and Devontae Adams' response was, "I went from one Hall of Famer to another," and so you know, a huge tip of the cap to Derek Carr, obviously, who is his guy. So I'm not surprised that he called him a Hall of Famer. Um, Remains to be seen. He's got a little bit of work left to do, but he's built a, a pretty substantial career thus far. He's, he's changed my mind a little bit. I, at this point, I don't think anyone's mind can't be changed. No, I, I completely agree. I still think he's pretty young, and I think he could definitely get there. But right now, he's not a Hall of Famer. For, oh, oh, unquestionably not a Hall of Famer right now. But, you know who is a Hall of Famer? Aaron Rodgers. And in response, clearly Aaron Rodgers saw this this clip. He saw this interview. And he was asked in a in a presser, you know, <laughs> what he thinks of the Devontae Adams trade and how he's feeling about the roster. I actually think this might have been like last week in camp, like him working out with his receivers or something. And he was like, you know, well, we went from one Hall of Famer to another. And he was talking about Alan Lazard. <laughs> so he called Alan Lazard <laughs> a, troll. a Hall of Famer. Obviously, he's being it's facetious. He knows that Alan Lazard is not a Hall of Famer. Um, not yet. <laughs> what if it happens, dude? If Alan Lazard like has this, dude, what if he pops off? No, Quibi, actually, be, I know, I know, it's ridiculous. I like, I like Alan Lazard. I think that we've seen enough of him because it's not like this guy hasn't been playing. Like Watson, Christian Watson, we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Wa- Watkins, Watkins, yeah, we haven't, we haven't seen him yet in the NFL. So there's mm. a lot to be determined there. We've seen Alan Lazard, and and I think. For me, even if he does become like a top fifteen wide receiver, that's something you had it by the way. It's Watson. Christian it is Watson. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Even if he does become like a top twenty wide receiver this year, yeah. in, in stats, I've seen enough of him getting injured and mm-hmm. his limitations as to being a holistic wide receiver like Devontae Adams was mm-hmm. to become a Hall of Famer. Yeah, becoming a Hall of Famer in the NFL is quite difficult. Yeah, getting right. to Canton is really really difficult. I expect. Lazard to be better this year than he ever has been and sure. MVS is no longer on that yeah. roster too. Alan Lazard is 26 years old right now. Yeah. Devonta Adams is 29. Devonta Adams didn't make a Pro Bowl till his fourth season in the NFL. He didn't even go over a thousand yards until his fifth season in the NFL. 
look, Darnell Mooney went over a thousand yards last year. Like, and I think Darnell Mooney's a, a more talented receiver than Alan Lazard is, but I yeah. certainly think that over a thousand yards is something that could happen for him. But the whole Canton, not no, not Canton, no I mean, chat. That's, that's, that's just here's the thing though. I'm sick and tired of the whole narrative that's been kind of thrown around the NFL. I feel as of late. A wide receiver does not a quarterback make. A quarterback makes a wide receiver. Through and through. Yeah. Aaron well, Rodgers. Depending on who the who the QB is. There's times where like guys like DeAndre Hopkins just explodes with Tom Savage. You're like, and then that and that's when I'm like, that guy's incredible. Not when he's with right. Kyler Murray or Deshaun Watson. I'm like, then he's right. incredible when he's doing so bear. So here's the other argument, right? So Alan, Alan Lazard, how many years does he actually play with Aaron Rodgers? Because Aaron Rodgers' clock is ticking. You think so? I would maybe argue that Alan Lazard has a shorter clock in the Packers than Aaron Rodgers does. Maybe. You think? But th- that's also the argument as well. It's how many years does he have left with Aaron Rodgers? Because if he's going to another team, he's playing with probably not a Hall of Famer unless he's going to the Chargers. Yeah, well, <laughs> okay. Well, Alan Lazard has to really pop off this year. But the thing with Rodgers is, you guys see what he's, he said about the psychedelics that he was doing ayahuasca and DMT in the offseason? What a role model. Which, are those legal? I don't no, they're definitely not legal. <laughs> well, I think you could do ayahuasca? these retreats. Like, you could do the DMT and ayahuasca retreats. I don't know about DMT, <laughs> but isn't ayahuasca, like, an, it's a naturally occurring herb? They're definitely... So if you could get it at a Grateful Dead concert, it's illegal. If you can't, then it's legal. That's what I'm going with. I, I'm pretty sure that it's not FDA approved. Okay. <laughs> and that... Uh, FDA I think if you're, I think if you're found um, in possession of ayahuasca and or DMT then you're probably getting a hefty fine and potentially even getting arrested. Okay. So behind, you could be doing time behind the baths and not the good kind of baths. Yeah. Wow. I Okay, but Rogers has come out and said he's done this. Well, first of all, let's just go through every level of him saying that he's doing ayahuasca and DMT and, and all that jazz. He's said that it's helped him open his mind and what has led him to win back-to-back MVPs as if his game was really suffering. <laughs> Before these trips, uh, the he's could the NFL could the NFL suspend him and fine him? Can no. they? I don't think they can. No, then will. you're gonna ha- okay. How many times have you seen on a late night talk show someone divulge like a story about when they were on some sort of drug? Oh, this is different though. on the Charity Stripe podcast that you can go listen to. Bill Walton told us about the psychedelics that he partook in. Please, no one, no, no law enforcement. Did he? Did he? Did he divulge a story, or did he just be himself? And yeah, we, I, think we heard himself. It. I think we just kind of like he certainly has, he the, certainly has said live on air while commentating a Pac-12 basketball game. Yeah, I'm sure that he has been on mushrooms before, and and LSD and all other psychedelics. So, like, I just what are we going to retroactively like handcuff every single person that said? And divulged. I don't. I, mean, public, I don't think we should. Fashion. I'm just yeah. talking, This is the NFL, though. The NFL suspended uh, Calvin Ridley for. I mean, he. Why, why was he gambling? Lord knows. Like, I actually think it's a bad example. I'm not gonna because people are harping on Calvin Ridley okay. being suspended. But there's for, guys who get suspended for a full year for marijuana. Right. That was How my. Just legal did now Josh Gordon miss in his career? I mean, I guess it was at 70s. I maybe 70 might be a stretch, but it was a lot. I saw they, that the they, other day. They ruined his career. Destroyed he, his he, career. He's a guy who needed help, and they destroyed his career. That's a whole other situation. But I think with Aaron Rodgers, you he's can't amazing. suspend him because he's the two, he's back-to-back MVP. He's the face of of some 
sort of football. I mean, people love him. You know, he's he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. And <laughs> the fact that he mentioned that he did it, it's not like he got caught doing it. No, yeah, it's true. I mean, it's, I, I don't think he should be suspended. I'm just curious because it's the NFL. Like and they, 50 Cent said that he killed people in Miniman, and, like, he's not in jail. Yeah, but that's def- also different for 50 Cent. He <laughs> <laughs> can't jail that guy. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is simultaneously the worst. See, do you guys like him? But he's kind of awesome Hilarious. at the same Hilarious. time. I love him, like, I think. The thing, like, the thing he said about Alan Lazard is is funny. It's funny. Yeah, no other quarterback would say that. He's like the he's like the snarky uncle. Like if Tom Brady is like the holistic all American do it all dad, like trying to keep the family together and like act like he's been perfect the entire time when behind closed doors, he definitely has got a couple demons to Flategate, Spygate, all that, and having a tight end murderer. Not that that was his fault, but that was Belichick drafting Hernandez. Rogers is just like no kids, rides a motorcycle, shows up to the family events. Like, you know, one can really say anything and tell him how to live his life. He's like a sick bachelor. He's probably got a dope pad in but, Seattle. But it's like, it's and he like just comes that, in for like the weekend and is like, causes hell. Yeah, <laughs> the clip of him walking into this training camp day one with like the, the white tank top tucked into the jeans, long hair. He know like he's wearing things that he's would make you, he's wearing things that would make you think. No one, I don't care what other people think. But he cares what other people think. Yeah, of course he does. He's self-aware. He's self-aware. He's a quarterback. Look, these guys are aware of their brands. And he sees the brands of all the, Joe Burrow has a brand. Whether these guys are like a brand, like where it's like, you know, like, oh, this is my brand in LA. Like, this is my, what I'm putting They're out so to the world. They're so famous that they automatically have, have a, brand. a brand. Exactly. Right. Joe Burrow's brand, like, he can get out of anything. Like there's like, like there, if he was a superhero, his ability was to be get out of any kind of issue. He could win at all costs. That's like his brand. Justin Herbert is like the young, fiery, like you know, like, like they're both cool. kind of strong and silent type. Though. Strong and silent, but Joe Burrow is like cooler, and and Herbert's more like the PG happy, like face of the franchise, like just happy to be here kind of guy. Josh Allen is like the big bruiser. Mahomes is like you know, and Murray like these like kind of spectacles, like must must watch TV. Can like you know Murray can lose you the game by doing too much, but he can also do a play that you've never seen before. What, what are you talking? Are you talking about like their brand on the field or off the field? Maybe I'm I'm kind of sometimes mixing, it, sometimes it blends. It blends. blends. I'm saying like the and these guys and it kind of blends to their characters off the field too because Herbert's like he's just like a nice guy. You know what I'm saying? He's very likable. You know he's young, charismatic. Burrow's got this cool, swaggy air about him that bleeds on. It blends on and off sure, the field. Sure. And like the thing with Rogers is the "I don't care, too cool for school" attitude also kind of blends on the field because he never panics. You never think he's fully out of the game. There's a lot of sidearms. There's a lot of sidearms. He's out there just slinging the rock. I mean, he really has established himself. As like he's too old to be the bad boy of the NFL, but he's established himself as like again like the fun uncle, the sarcastic, slightly narcissistic uncle of the NFL, and I think it's a good character. We've talked about the NBA in this regard before, and I think those talks really started when the Knicks and the Hawks played in the first round of the the Eastern Conference playoffs um, two years ago. Yeah. 
and we defined Trey Young as a heel of the NBA, and we meant that as an as an absolute compliment. Yeah, you need because it because it it helps. I mean, that sports are entertainment too, mm-hmm. and I think when you have two sides going at each other, a lot of times that works really well in in sports. Yeah. Does the NFL have that? They've had guys that are heels. Like baseball's had guys that are heels. Like the end like Is it more but it feels to me like more team rivalries and that's part of the differentiation between the NFL and the NBA. There's so many more players on those NFL teams. But I don't know. I I don't feel like there's a lot of like rivalries even between guys. Even Brady and Rodgers who really haven't played that much for as long as they've both been in the NFL. Like Brady Manning was one. Brady a Manning right. was a rivalry. But currently I'm saying, do we have not many yet. player versus player There's rivals? Just, I feel like the league is just so young right now. Like if you look at the years prior when it was Breeze and Brady and Manning, both Mannings, you know, and Rivers, like all these older quarterbacks, yeah. Roethlisberger, like that's when you ha- kind of have those rivalries. Because ben is a great call. Played. He was in the mix. Those guys have played so long against against each other in playoff yeah. games and regular season games that matter for playoffs. Now the league is so many young guys. Yeah. I mean, Mahomes 100%. is a veteran now. Which is crazy. I mean, I think it's a great point, but if you build it, they will come. Like – Look like, what our, like, we just saw happening. Kind we, of, we can see like a Herbert Mahomes one like building up. We can see it. At, I think the Allen Allen Mahomes is. I think well, we're starting. That, what I'm, if you build it, it, they will come. It takes a guy though. It takes the now at this point because of how open social media is, and so many of these guys they have automatic brands. Like we're saying, mm-hmm. they're always conscious of that. I could bet you, just the way that it's playing out right now, that Burrow and Herbert never jaw at each other in the game like they're no. never impressed but that's like those are those not the kind they're not that kind of guys either but that's what i'm saying is it takes a guy like trey young who has a chip on his shoulder because he's six foot and the rest of the guys in the nba are all for the on the average six seven and he and he's playing in new york which is a big talk city and he wants to represent atlanta and he wants to talk talk his talk and he does mm-hmm. and he backs it up with his play like a guy has to go in with that intention to kind of be the bad guy and i think of all those quarterbacks you mentioned, Josh Allen is the guy. Maybe Lamar, too, just because of how much talk Lamar has had, so much negative talk against him. I don't think Josh Allen's the bad guy. I, I would say that Mahomes could be because he's been the one that's had the most success, right? That's why Brady was always the bad and guy. people hate his family. People hate his family, too, like with Brittany and, mm. his, and his brother, um, Jackson. Like that has tarnished his own personal legacy a little bit or his reputation, his own personal brand. He's actually had to disassociate a little bit. He told them like, I don't want you at games, you know, like that's that sucks. But at the same time, he's also won at a very early age and he's been crowned as the best already. So, yeah, I just don't you think that he went he's won in a different style than Brady wins. Like Brady, everyone loves to hate a winner. People hate LeBron. Yeah, but LeBron also he went to he went to Miami. Well, think about the ways he said he was going to win eight championships. Like he left Cleveland, his hometown team. There, there are reasons there. Those are no, but those are like specific (laughs) reasons. The the family stuff is is for sure a point. But Patrick Mahomes himself has always been a very like happy go lucky guy. He's in his commercials. He's always smiling. He does State Farm. Like he's never his his 
air about him is right. opposite of Aaron Rodgers, who Aaron Rodgers does not care what anyone thinks. Yeah, and allegedly, say, right, and will and will say whatever is off the top of his mind. I also think that you know sometimes when guys go through contract negotiations and like there's like these issues that go on, they have holdouts. Like Kyler Murray could be that guy if. If he also wins games. I was thinking about Kyler, too. Because it comes, like, with the territory of winning also comes with hate. So you have to win games as well, but also everything that's gone on with him unfollowing the Cardinals, you know, him looking like a prima donna, you know, the the contract stipulation saying that he had to dedicate four hours a day to study, which they ended up taking out of his contract. It's just like people get sick of that story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the thing... Yeah, people do get sick of that story. I think the thing with Brady too, people dislike him too. But the thing with Brady, like we, we had the twenty-eight to three game. We had him lose in the eighteen zero season. We had them lose to the Giants again. Then we had the crazy Malcolm Butler, like one in a million interception on the goal line when they had Marshawn Lynch. We had him switch teams in his age plus forty seasons and win there right away. Like, everything has just been an absolute cinematic experience in this guy's career. Like, every moment he could have a cinematic experience. It's, it's Even the Rams-Patriots Super Bowl, which was a snooze fest to the max, was still kind of thrilling at the end because it was kind of tight. Like, that big Gronkowski catch mattered. Like, so there was that element there. Yeah, I guess I guess my overall point is we, we named all of the awesome quarterbacks that played in Brady's first era, I guess, since he's played in two eras of football now. And the biggest rivalry was for sure Peyton. Breeze was that next best quarterback, but the rivalry with Roethlisberger was way bigger than it was with Well, they played in the AFC. I know, but even if he had played in the NFC, it still wouldn't have been a big deal with Breeze because of the type of guy that Breeze is and the type of guy that Ben Roethlisberger is. Yeah. And so I, I just, it needs to, like, Josh Allen or, I really think, like, and again, like I want to heal, and I mean that in a good way, not in a bad way. Not to be like a bad guy, to do anything that's that's they shouldn't do. I just think that was also Lamar- part of Roger Roethlisberger's. Roethlisberger was not a great guy, right? That too. But I think like I bring up Lamar because there's such a misconception about him, and like no one would be happier than me for him every time he scored a touchdown to be like the same thing that he said in his in his second year when he was like pretty good for a running back. If he said that every press conference, I would be like, yeah. Yeah. There's there's still that's there's still so there's much still hate so much him. hate and so many critics, but it's I don't think it's fan driven. It's all like that's media analytical, media driven, right. well, executives. One was a coach. One was a coach. Exactly. There was a coach that said, I don't think he'll ever win an MVP. He's not he's not, he's not the top, one. Yeah, he's or he's not a top 10 quarterback. He's he's the bottom barrel. Won an MVP right away. He's a winner. He doesn't lose if he's on the field. He's a baller. He's sick. I mean, yeah, he is a quarterback running back in the best way possible. How many guys can go throw for three and run for one like in a given season? Run for two. He's so quick and so fast. And the you know what? the I think the team they've put around him, he, he dealt with so much last year. And, eventually, and he had to do so much last year. And eventually the injuries caught up to him. But that team was broken from the jump. They lost like three running backs, half their defensive backfield. Like, and at a certain point, like we can't even play this guy anymore. It's useless. There's no point in bringing him back. Our team's toast. Even if we get to the playoffs, we're not winning anything. We're broken. But they draft well again. Like they just always draft well. Guys that get in that building are always sick. They're an unbelievable organization. 
I, I them at plus twenty two hundred. I think it's at right now. I'll give you guys some bets because we're brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag today. Use the promo code Believe get fifty percent off your welcome bonus. I sent this to you guys the other day. These are my future bets that I just came up with willy nilly. NFL NFL MVP. I gave your boy plus nine hundred Justin Herbert. I like that. I like Super Bowl winner Baltimore Ravens plus twenty two hundred. Defensive Player of the Year I gave to your guy Mike Parsons at plus nine hundred. I thought that was nice. Coach of the Year Shanahan. If the Niners pop off at plus sixteen and plus sixteen hundred, Olave plus eight hundred for offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, because I just think he'll have. I think Buffalo's defense is going to be great, and he'll have a lot of opportunities. The number two cornerback here, Yep, plus twenty two hundred. Heisman's Will Anderson Jr. plus two plus two thousand. Where's he play? Alabama linebacker, quarterback for Ole Miss. You're if he wins the job, on. you're putting a you're putting a defensive player as a Heisman winner. Potential, just the value. It's plus two thousand. Yeah, he was the best defensive player last year. How many defensive players but have won the Heisman? Not no. a lot, but what are you going to? You're going to bet Bryce Young's like plus one eighty. Like you're going to bet that? Yeah, but you're just throwing your money away. I I just wouldn't bet it at all. I'm just saying if you're going to bet, I I don't think a defensive player is going to win the Heisman unless he's returning kicks. I think it's possible he could do it. Aiden Hutchinson came in second last year, and he had a better year than Hutchinson. It's just it's not going to happen. We'll see. This is just, so this is just a hot take. I think there's other. Offensive players, too, that are way more impactful this year than they were last year. 86 years the award's been going on. One guy has won it, Charles Woodson. And he returned kicks. He returned kicks, and two defensive players have gotten second. Sue, who, let's be honest, Tyron Matthew had a better year that year. I just like we'll see what happens. I think kicks. he's I think he's amazing. We'll talk yeah. about the rest next time when we're on ten ninety. But I'm Josh Fish. I was Alexander Topless, Nikki Snacks, Quieter. Fans out there, drag both feet in the mountain, swing on a full counter, rip that puck, hit that putt, hitch PKs because they're free and hit your free throws. Why guys? Because you're free. Because free. We out, show we love ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.